Welcome to Friday on the Piero Pelka podcast. Mike here. I will be on the radio Saturday night live from 7 to 10 p.m. in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 7 to 10 p.m. Friday or Saturday evening. It's Friday today. What am I even thinking? Uh, so you can join me. It's uh, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT out of Philly or you can get the Odyssey app, which is free. And you can listen, and it's crystal clear, and it's wonderful. And we'll get to all the news of the day tomorrow evening as well. And i got to talk about some things today. It is Friday, as I said, the 19th of May. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about that happened in the last 24 hours. Nothing more disturbing, though, and I'm planting my tongue firmly in my cheek, unless somebody think I find this to be really serious. But it is stupid to me. Oscar Mayer is changing the name of the Wienermobile to the Frankmobile. What the hell is wrong with you people? We've seen so many stupid mistakes made in advertising in the past couple of weeks. You have obviously Bud Light causing a gigantic downturn in sales with using the uh, man who thinks he's a 15-year-old girl to advertise beer. And good for the uh, GOP for picking up on the fact that Bud Light is marketing to children by using someone who pretends to be a, a girl. That's not smart, but that, that's really costing Bud. And then you had Target with their pride collection, including uh, pride clothes for infants, onesies for kids. What are we doing? And then yesterday, there was all kinds of anger about Ford unveiling an ad. I think it ran in Europe, mostly, with the uh, new Raptor pickup truck coming out of a mud run and then all of the mud being washed off to reveal the rainbow yes the rainbow flag uh, it's just so silly to me that the advertising people don't understand it oh oh I left out Miller Lite Miller Lite being mad about all of the old sexy ads that they ran women in bikinis selling beer oh the horror of it and uh, Miller Lite telling everybody, if you find this kind of memorabilia, this kind of advertising, send it to us. We will destroy it. Who are we, the Taliban? Seriously. No shock that the actress they selected to portray the spokesperson for Miller Lite is uh, somebody who has her picture taken with Hillary Clinton. It's just so silly. But the Wienermobile, leave the Wienermobile alone. They are American icons, these vehicles. The Frank Mobile. Stop it. Just a stupid, stupid thing. Before we get to my take on yesterday's hearing in the House, the committee that is overseeing the uh, weaponization of government, which I believe is real, let's look at this day in history. On this day back in 1910, the Earth passed through the tail of Halley's Comet and nothing happened. Despite the fact that we knew it was coming, they can follow these comets and they can predict when they'll be seen. And there were a bunch of hucksters selling junk. Nothing happened. There are always hucksters. Keep your eyes and ears open for hucksters. In 1921, Congress did something. They put limits on immigration. They actually set quotas on how many people can come here. What a brilliant idea. No, they're not going to do that. Not going to do it now. Uh, also on this date, way back in 1962, 
Uh, this happened in Madison Square Garden. This was, in fact, a remarkable event when uh, President Kennedy was being honored on his birthday. They were having a birthday party for President John Kennedy, and uh, they brought out probably the biggest name in the entertainment world at that time. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday to you. Yes, of course, it was Marilyn Monroe and uh, that moment, iconic moment. It's on YouTube. You can see it. If you've never seen it, it's kind of a fascinating event because throughout the giant birthday party for President Kennedy, they kept introducing Marilyn Monroe and she was never there. I guess she was notorious for showing up late. And then when Peter Lawford finally did introduce Marilyn and she came out, he said, ladies and gentlemen, the late Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. A lot of discussion about how close the Kennedys were to Marilyn Monroe. Bobby Kennedy, John Kennedy, maybe we'll get confirmation on all that. A lot of rumors. On this date in 1964, U.S. diplomats found at least 40 microphones planted inside our Moscow embassy. The Russians, the Soviets at the time, were listening to us. And then... Decades later, we went and built another new embassy in Moscow, only to discover after we spent, I think, a billion dollars on it, that the Russians had also wired that one as well. Never trust the Russians. Never. All right. Uh, Joe Biden's over in Japan. He'll be home uh, Sunday. There is a G7 meeting going on. They're talking about all kinds of things they could easily talk about over Zoom, you know, which they did during the pandemic. But. Now they all want to hang out together because they get to take those cool pictures together. And Joe was spotted having trouble figuring out where he was going. Heck, when he arrived, when he got off Air Force One, it was raining really hard. He walked down the steps of Air Force One with an umbrella under his arm and then was shaking hands with the lineup of dignitaries, including the Japanese prime minister, and apparently didn't remember to open up his umbrella. After about a minute, somebody came in with an umbrella while Joe held the umbrella underneath his arm the whole time. Uh, when Joe was speaking, there was a moment that the, um, the press got a shot of Joe's notes. So we know what he had laid out in his notes before he was supposed to address the people and the media there. And of course, it's just embarrassing. Everything this guy does has to be written down for him including the people he calls on in the media. Nothing really going on at the G7. And Joe was supposed to stick around and then go over to Australia and take a few more stops. But he's coming home because uh, the debt ceiling. Because he's waited months and months and months to actually negotiate with the Republicans, even though the Republicans said, oh, we've got this debt ceiling covered. We passed a bill. But no. Joe wouldn't meet with anybody. He was dug in on it. And, and now the Democrats are encouraging him. You got to use the 14th Amendment. You have to use the 14th Amendment 
to override the GOP and their plans to cut spending. By the way, cutting spending really is the answer. Rand Paul was making the rounds yesterday talking about cutting spending and, and what, we, what we have in terms of the dangers of our expenditures that exceed the amount of revenue we're taking in. This is about Democrats and some Republicans, frankly, not wanting to cut any spending. So we have to raise the debt ceiling because they're unwilling to cut spending. But we're spending a trillion dollars more than comes in. They have to cut spending, and it needs to be part of the leverage we use is to get spending caps through raising the debt ceiling. Yeah, we should cut back on our spending. That would be a good idea. But no, Democrats, and as Rand Paul said, and even some Republicans, uh, they want to spend more. They don't want to cut anything. I'm old enough to remember when Barack Obama was dealing with a debt ceiling crisis and his party was telling him, oh, you got to use this 14th Amendment, Mr. President. This is way back in 2011. Now, the gentleman asked about the 14th Amendment. There is uh, there's a provision in our Constitution that speaks to making sure that the United States meets its obligations. And there have been some suggestions that a president could use that language to basically ignore this debt ceiling rule, which is a statutory rule. It's not a constitutional rule. Um, I have talked to my lawyers. They, don't, uh, they, they do not, uh, they are not persuaded that that is a winning argument. Ah, look at that. So the Democrats' God, Barack Obama, had looked at this back in 2011, 12 years ago, and he said, no, no, that's, that's, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. Now, one of the sticking points in the negotiations between the Democrats and the Republicans is the GOP wants to get more of the people who are receiving welfare to do a little work. You know, a little something for the effort, please. If we're going to be giving you government support, maybe you could be helpful. And it's not a lot of work. They're talking about, I think, a, a mandatory 20-hour work week in exchange for some of the benefits. And uh, the Democrats say that's awful. Well, again, uh, I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden in 1996 thought the um, work requirements idea for welfare was a, was a good idea. I introduced a, a concept of workfare in 1986. I remember being pilloried by my colleagues on the Democratic side at the time uh, for suggesting that there be mandatory work requirement for anyone receiving welfare. Now, two things stick out to me. Joe Biden in 1996 speaks pretty well. Boy, you fast forward a decade and a half and He's stumbling, mumbling, fumbling all over himself. But he actually laid out the idea that if the government's going to help you, maybe you could do a little something if you're physically able. You hear speech after speech after speech about changing the ethic that is uh, involved in, quote, the welfare syndrome. We just heard our, our good friend from North Carolina talk about the generational nature of this problem and how to break the spiral and so on. Well, uh, part of that is to... In fact, not just take people off welfare and put them on the streets, but put them to work and make them want to go to work and make it reasonable for them to go to work. I yeah, how about that? 
Make it reasonable and, and help them. Give them a skill. Train them. Make it a hand up, not just a hand out. But that's not what the Democrats are all about. No. They're all about uh, platitudes. Uh, and, and then there's Mayor Pete. I'm sure you saw the glowing portrayal of Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete Buttigieg is, is now looking like he's being positioned again for a presidential run. As they look at Joe Biden, they realize he's declining rapidly. The Democrats are concerned. Who do they have? They're putting Kamala out there and trying to pump her up again, make her likable. That's not really ever going to happen. And they're trying to tell everybody just what a, what a miracle Mayor Pete is by having these puff pieces written about him that are absolutely destroyed in social media because they are ridiculous. And then they put him out in front of the Austria World Summit to paint a spectacular picture of who we are, we, the Americans, and how we are focused on fixing the climate, fixing the weather, because it's a threat to security and prosperity, and it's been so for centuries. Hello, I'm U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and I want to thank the Austria World Summit for inviting me to say a few words today. And I want to recognize all of the leaders who are gathered here for your continuing commitment to addressing the global challenge of climate change. It's clear to all of us by now that climate change is a major threat to security and prosperity everywhere. It's not clear to all of us. You guys think it is. But you're using it to gain control over people's lives. Continue. Now, stories of climate disaster have always been on humanity's mind in some fashion, dating back to ancient legends and scriptural traditions in nearly every faith, telling of floods, fires, and other calamities. Yeah, we've had earthquakes, and we've had floods, and we've had volcanic eruptions. That's the Earth. And that was before all of that kooky carbon dioxide and carbon emissions that you guys are so crazed about was the thing. Are you going to blame dinosaur farts? But the climate challenge in front of us is not some prophecy of cosmic doom. It is a specific set of problems. Yeah, and an opportunity for you guys to get control over people's lives. Oh, we get it. We absolutely get it. Uh, Thursday evening, I thought something very interesting happened. I was watching The Five and uh, Jesse Waters, who I think is really growing into his role as a, uh, a thought leader in the conservative space. And he does it with a very clever presentation. Jesse Waters talked about why Mayor Pete is getting fluffed by uh, all of the lefty media outlets and why they're putting him out there. This makes great sense. Can you name a transportation secretary that's got a gushing puff piece like this? The answer is no, because this guy is running for president. Look how many boxes this guy checks for a Democratic nominee. They say he's smart, he's a veteran, he lifts weights, he's in a gay relationship, he plays the piano, yet he also splits wood. He not only likes cheeseburgers, he also likes impossible burgers. He loves God, but he really loves blacks, gays, women, and the poor. <laughs> you can't check this many boxes. It's like a <laughs> consultant came up with something and just overdid it. I'm a little sick of Pete, to be honest with you, and especially the fact that I know he's got a electric Mustang. Yep. 
Yeah, that's-, that's not that's not what I think you need, Pete. No. And the electric Mustang really isn't a thing. It's called the Mach-E. It's not a Mustang. It's a small SUV. I know. I almost purchased one. Truth be told, I looked at it. Seriously. It's not a real thing. Mayor Pete. The only thing worse than Mayor Pete is Kamala. The only thing more embarrassing is, is Kamala Harris and how the left is trying to rebuild her. Well, the administration is trying to rebuild her. The administration is looking for options in case, just in case, Joe does crater and they have to figure out, oh, my God, she has to be president. And then if she's president, she'll want to run again. So they're putting her out in situations and and she's being asked ridiculous questions like she was asked by this podcaster. First question, let's start with your favorite song of all time. Oh, my favorite song of all time. I was going to say something from Bootsy, Hmm? but... (laughs) We love that. I mean, I don't know if your viewers know Funkadelic. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I am 28. Bob Marley, for sure. Okay, okay. Um... There's a range. I have a range, but I'm a hip hop kid. That's okay. how I grew up. Are you really? Are you really? Look, I, you can ask me my favorite songs and I will answer them, but not chuckle or giggle after I tell you them. I'm a fan of Bootsy Collins and Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. George Clinton. Sure. Bootsy Collins off the charts. Crazy kind of fun music. Bob Marley, of course. But that's just embarrassing. It is truly embarrassing. Where's the Australian lady when we need the her? The cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat away <laughs> from the presidency. The comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris. Yep. Comprehensively incapable. Amazing. And speaking of comprehensively incapable, Diane Feinstein, Senator Feinstein, 89 years old, is just unwell. And it's as if she is physically and mentally deteriorating before our very eyes. The Democrats cannot let her go. And they appear to be propping her up. Why? The governor, if she leaves now, the governor is going to select who will fill that spot until the election. And Governor Newsom would likely pick somebody Nancy Pelosi doesn't want in that spot. So there appears to be a battle. They're trying to keep Feinstein in the office. I don't know if this is going to work. Can they get away with this? She was gone for over two months. She was gone for a long time. 89 years old, hospitalized, has problems, fought off shingles. Was real. She should be allowed to retire and convalesce with dignity. But no, no, they, they brought her out, brought her back. And uh, she's not all there. This was an exchange captured by a reporter. What have you heard? What have I heard about what? About your return. How have they felt about your no, return? No, I haven't been gone. Okay. Um, you should follow me. I haven't been gone. I've been working. You've been- I haven't been gone. I've been working. Really? The reporter's trying to ask this question without sounding rude. Uh, but you know you weren't here. Uh, no, he doesn't ask that. It continues. You've been working from home is what you're saying? No, I've been here. 
I've been voting. Please, either know or don't know. Please, either know or don't know, little mister. What an embarrassment. And yet, the Democrats let that continue. We talk about Joe Biden being the victim of elder abuse all the time. But this poor lady is, is just absolutely being abused. And it's all for partisan political purposes. Nancy Pelosi wants her guy in there. Gavin Newsom would likely nominate or appoint a black female instead of Adam Schiff, who I think Pelosi may have promised the spot to. They should just throw Schiff out of the House anyway for all the lying he did that was exposed by the Durham report. But that'll never happen. And, and speaking of lying Democrats, uh, yesterday was just absolutely an embarrassment for the left, how they treated people during this House hearing on the weaponization of government. You had uh, former FBI agents or agents who've been suspended without pay, I might add. Agents who never had any blemishes on their record served this country in the military and as local police officers. And they have been absolutely booed, screwed and tattooed by the by the FBI leadership. Why? Because they stood up and said, hold on, there's something wrong about what's going on here. Hold on. Should we really be talking about putting spies inside Catholic churches because people want to protest against the pro-abortion movement? Should we, even though people are just talking about it, should we put spies inside and make lists and sit in the parking lots of churches and write down the license plate numbers? Should we be allowing banks to send the financial records of people who just happened to be in Washington, D.C.? on January 6th, a couple of years ago, didn't go to the Capitol, weren't part of the riot, but we turned over records of people who flew to D.C., drove to D.C., had a meal at D.C., or in the Northern Virginia area. You don't believe me, uh, Dan Bishop, Representative Bishop, talking on the banking data yesterday as well. Shocking. This is one fact that struck me. The Bank of America records, the story that Bank of America turned over the credit card transactions, whether for an aircraft or a lodging or the purchase of a cup of coffee, for everyone who decided to come to Washington, to be in Washington area, the northern Virginia area. Now, first of all, the intrusion into our privacy is one thing. And it's horrible that Bank of America, in my opinion, horrible that they turned over these records. There was no subpoena. The government asked and they just went, yeah, sure, we'll give it to you. How much information was handed over and what was done with it? And where is that information now? And how much money did we spend investigating people who just happened to be in D.C.? They might have been on a family trip, a class trip. They might have been there for business that day. Had nothing to do with the January 6th riot. Nothing. And yet... The government investigated them, and to what extent? Truly is wrong. And someone should be held accountable. Accountability apparently has died. But yesterday during the hearing, the Democrats, upset by the Durham report, so upset, and they've been exposed for what they supported in the fake Russia collusion scandal that we now know was completely bogus completely Bravo Sierra and funded by the Clinton campaign to start 
All of the stories, the pee-pee tapes, all of that was a lie and meant to rig an election and to prevent Donald Trump from ever getting any traction, even though he'd fought through so much of it. And yesterday, they knew they were in deep doo-doo. And so there was a little bit of a fight. Debbie, what's her name, Schultz, was taking on Jim Jordan. And Jim Jordan, Pitbull, wasn't having any of it. Mr. Chairman, these individuals have been determined not not to be whistleblowers. These are not whistleblowers. They've been determined by the agency not to be whistleblowers. Are you deciding that they're whistleblowers? Republicans are trying to misappropriate the whistleblower term. I mean, there's always a more sinister motive. And they- that was Nicole Wallace from MSNBC, who, after the Debbie What's-Her-Name Schultz yelling, she, she took to her show on MSNBC yesterday to say uh, that these people aren't even whistleblowers. They're trying to deny these brave whistleblowers the protections that are guaranteed to them by the laws and they are standing by people who are at a minimum and again it's not in dispute guilty of insubordination so the fbi considers these whistleblowers to be guilty of insubordination because they have a different standard to protect a whistleblower why isn't there one standard that's what i'd like to know it, it was really disturbing to watch this whole thing and i did watch the entire thing yesterday And Jim Jordan warned the whistleblowers after the testimony. Really, this is only the beginning because the Democrats, they don't give up. They will now come after you and try and ruin you, destroy you even more than the FBI has. We've talked to over two dozen whistleblowers. People have come to us. We've interviewed several of those and today three of them, three of those brave whistleblowers and a lawyer who represents them will tell us their story. They will tell us what happened, what they saw, and then what happened to them because they were courageous enough to report it to Congress. And I just want to tell you guys, get ready. Get ready, because these guys are going to come after you. You know they are. Last hearing we had, last hearing we had, we had two journalists, Democrats, two Democrat journalists sat right where you guys did, and these guys tried to get them to divulge their sources. Someone needs to tell them how the First Amendment works. And oh, while Mr. Taibbi, one of those award-winning journalists sitting right where you're sitting, was testifying, guess what else was happening? The IRS was knocking on his door. So get ready. But I know you're up to the task because you came forward in the first place. Thank you for your commitment to the Constitution, the First Amendment, the rule of law, and for your willingness to come forward and tell Congress what you've seen, what you've witnessed. Thank you for doing that, Mr. So I I hope there is some accountability. I hope and I pray that there is some accountability still left inside our government. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And every single day we see what appears to be the foundation of the government and the country being chipped away by the deep state. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. All right, I still have a couple other things we need to get to. And uh, uh, the important stories that I'm keeping my eyes on, important stories that I'm watching, the economy. Is the economy okay? The stock market had a really good day on Thursday, a huge upswing on Thursday, hundreds of points to the good on Thursday. 
But we keep hearing people are living paycheck to paycheck, people having a hard time paying their bills. There are concerns that the uh, employment market has some weakness underneath it. Is it all okay? Is commercial real estate or downtowns going away? You've seen what's happening in real estate. What was it? Target announced they're going to lose a half a billion dollars in just shoplifting. No retail organization can keep stores in a place where shoplifting is, is eating into the profits to the point where it's going to cost the corporation a half a billion dollars. That's astounding. Another economic indicator that's flashing red is, uh, it's kind of a weird one. The world's biggest diamond polishing hub says they're, they're predicting a difficult year. They know whether or not there's going to be a, a good year in the economy when people are buying diamonds, meaning people are getting married, they're celebrating anniversaries, etc. In uh, March, the company reported a 10% drop in cut and polished diamond exports, which uh, is not a good sign. I'll keep my eyes on the economy. Maybe we'll get Jonathan Honig, capitalist pig, back in here again and see what he sees going forward. A little concerning, is it not? Uh, I mentioned some of the woke news yesterday. Uh, the woke news out of Bud Light, the sales are still down. Uh, senators are finally pointing to Bud and going, hey, you're marketing to minors, you know? Remember what they did to Joe Camel? Yep. Uh, and, and then there are some of the wacky stories. I talked about Oscar Mayer changing the Wienermobile to the Frankmobile. Stop it. Uh, there's a, a great video out there. I'll link to it. Alabama has a surfing alligator. And uh, I'm sorry to say that Australian tennis star Nick Kyrgios, one of the more entertaining and competitive people, in the world. He was a finalist of Wimbledon last year and then had a knee injury last fall. Nick Kyrgios is going to miss the French Open, not because his knee hasn't healed, but he's uh, apparently been the victim of a robbery, which included his mother being held, I think, at, at knife point or at gunpoint in uh, Australia. And during the course of this, he had his Tesla taken from him, and there was a cut to his foot. It's a weird story. Keep your eyes on this. We'll have to find out what the heck is going on. Uh, I am stepping aside tomorrow night. As I said, I will be live on the Talk Radio 1210 WPHT at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to step out for a second here. When we get back, Lauren Fix, the car coach, returns with some Really important news, if you own a Jeep Cherokee, 220,000 Jeep Cherokees subject to a recall. That's next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the presence of brilliance. Our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, is joining us, as she does virtually every week, to talk about the automotive world and what's happening in that world. But also, we need to crown... Lauren Fix, Nostradamus of the automotive world. Lauren Fix, my oh, friend. Yeah. Yes, yes, you, you now have. Here's your scepter and your crown. You are now Nostradamus of the automotive world. You're the second person to call me that. David Bellavia, Medal of Honor recipient, calls me that as well. Well, uh, is it for the same reason? I'm doing it because. I don't know. You have to tell me why, and I'll tell you. Last week. 
you said insurance rates are going up, 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 and you laid it out perfectly. And then four days later, I see a story that car insurance rates are going up, up, up. And I went, Lauren Fix told us that last week, you dummy. She's Nostradamus. <laughs> well, we'll just say that once you've been doing anything for a long time, I don't care what the industry, you kind of see the writing on the wall. And then all these newbies come in to our business, especially automotive, and they try to tell me things. And I look at them and go, hey, it ain't going to work. I can tell you right now what's going to happen. And it's like, wow, because no one learns history. No one sees what's going on. It's like, read a book, learn about real history, and you will see the writing on the wall. It's blatantly obvious to me. That is true. If you pay attention, you will be able to have those spidey senses tingling in your brain like mm. Lauren Fix and say, you know what's about to happen? You're about to see an increase here or a decrease here or a lack of this there. It's because you understand mm -hmm. patterns. Patterns are there for a reason, and the people who understand that will control their own destiny and sometimes the destiny of others. All right, Lauren, let's get into the craziest story, uh, the Jeep story that popped, I guess it was Wednesday, when I saw that a couple hundred thousand uh, Jeep Grand Cherokees had been recalled, and not just recalled, but uh, the company said, don't park them in the garage, don't park them in the garage. They're not electric cars, danger of blowing up, are they? No, they're not electric cars. It has nothing to do with electric. It has to do with electric coal. So here's the story. So 2014 to 2016 Cherokees, if you have one, contact your local dealer. In the meantime, park your vehicle outside, in the street, away from all structures, according to their wording. That, that's pretty scary. So people are like, oh, why? Because on the older vehicles, I think 2014 is essentially 10 model years old. So there's a lot of them out there. If water gets into where the hatch, where the opens the, the rear trunk and you have a power hatch, yeah. it can cause a fire. Really? Okay, that's because they can rot out. A 10-year-old car can rot out, huh. right? So water would only get into it after it would potentially be exposed. So with that thought in mind, if you've got an older one, you have a friend that has an older one, please just tell them, contact the dealer because you don't want to have a fire in your garage because I have a story for you that will blow your mind. And it happens to be Jeep product, and I'm really not looking for a lawsuit from Jeep. But a friend of mine had two of the EV-type plug-in Jeeps, and one of them caught fire when they were out at dinner. And they came home to find their home on fire. Ooh. So they contacted uh, the they contacted the fire department, obviously the insurance company. The insurance company paid them out what their house was worth, but they were short about 300000 to build the house back. They contacted Jeep. Jeep came out, they bought the vehicles back, gave them all their money back for both vehicles, took both vehicles back to Detroit, and they paid out the insurance company, but they've not paid them out. So they're now in the midst of trying to figure out how to resolve this dilemma. Hmm. Uh, but, but I'm not saying there's a problem with Jeeps in general. What I'm trying to say is if you have an electric vehicle, even though they may or may not have had that charging station put in their garage, specifically by an electrician, it's entirely possible this can happen to you. So please check with your insurance company. If you own an electric car, you might want to park it outside until you can figure it out. Not everyone's going to do this, but you better be wise to it just in case. Yeah, this is uh, this is all important stuff. And I have a, an attorney friend who is a prosecutor named Wendy Patrick. And Wendy always says you never want to be the test case for anything. 
You know, you never no. want to be the first one. Uh, this is a, a funny, a funny world we live in, Lauren. I can remember. I'm old enough to remember when uh, yes. Jeep Grand Cherokees, the, just the name was considered to be politically incorrect. And we were told they weren't going to be calling them Cherokees anymore because of insensitivity to the Native Americans. Did oh, we just geez. forget about that? They don't even care. Ask a Native American person like, OK, they don't care. They want you to not, not to forget who they are. That's the one thing that no one ever wants to talk about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just I just remember how everybody got upset. We canceled Uncle Ben's rice. Or, well, it's now just Ben's rice. We canceled Aunt Jemima. They canceled the Native American lady on the land of lakes butter and Grand oh, Cherokee. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's all crazy. But Grand Cherokee and Cherokee seem to still be out there. I don't know. Maybe we'll they, find They've got approval, I guess, from the chiefs. I'm sure they pay them money, tons of money. To you know, just to, to use it, I would I wouldn't be worried about them. They're making money. Well, you know the um, the Florida Seminoles have a deal, and they do take care of the tribe down there. So I guess oh, it's good. like selling naming rights to a stadium. You sell naming rights to your team. Why not? Makes sure. sense. That's, Absolutely. That's capitalism. And speaking of capitalism, you have a a new car you want to tell us about a new truck you want to tell us about okay right? i got the first look of the 2024 toyota tacoma and i got to interview the chief engineer most people were like what well, i got this they went and took off on their own so we each got 45 minutes with well with, was actually a total of an hour and a half with four different trim levels of the most popular toyota tacomas these are all brand new so we had the trd pro we had the limited we had the new trail hunter and then we had the SR, and I will tell you, it's mind-blowing. So we have a full interview. If you're a Tacoma fan, you have friends that are Tacoma fans, go to Car Coach Reports, check out the interview with the chief engineer. I was able to capture him. I said, can I borrow you? And he said, absolutely. This guy was so passionate. If you're an off-road truck guy, you want there's Tacoma trucks all over the world. As a matter of fact, I'm currently in Kona, Hawaii, and the only vehicles you see on the road are Tacoma pickup trucks. It's hysterical. They're everywhere, and it's the number one selling vehicle on the entire island. Really? Tacoma trucks. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. But we got a chance to see them. They've got four engines, eight different trim levels, new long bed configuration, new gigantic center screens, great new off-road capabilities. I mean, really good-looking truck. Really good-looking. If you haven't seen it, you got to go take a peek. It is pretty impressive. And we got to drive the Grand Highlander, but... That review does not post until the 30th of the month. So uh, you'll be lots of Toyota product coming out. They're, they're building some new cool stuff in North America, too. So it's pretty cool. Well, that's good for jobs. And that's good news for people who like a good Toyota's run forever. As long as you change the oil and put new tires on them, they will run forever. It seems I know that's one of those trucks you can't destroy. As a matter of fact, I think Top Gear tried to do that. They tried to destroy a Tacoma. They caught it on fire. They dropped it off a building and the thing still fired up. It was hysterical. That's amazing. I, I'm more upset that your job made you go to Hawaii. Lauren's been sending oh, me pictures of the sunset where she's having dinner. It's just stunning. I, I'm gonna Sorry. I'm gonna curb my jealousy and tell everybody go to the YouTube channel Car Coach Reports. See what Lauren's putting down, and then you follow her on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else, and then you hang out with me because I get to talk to Lauren every week. My friend, uh, Kikapuka Makawawahini, or whatever they say there. That's the fish, isn't it? Uh, isn't that the fish? 
I think it's a state fish. No, don't say, don't say that. I think Wahini <laughs> is a term for a, a woman. In a, never, I'm digging a hole. I better no. get out of here. Would you look uh, at the time? Um, uh, I have I to go. I have to look that one up. <laughs> Mahalo and aloha, Lauren. Mahalo and aloha to you. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week. 